Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or if there's something going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or talk about, hear what the Bible has to say about it, or get some wisdom. Or if you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you and uh, answer those questions you have. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Again, that text line, 720-336-0897. We want to welcome all of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM up and down the front range um, of the Rockies. Welcome to the program. You're here in the show live. And we also want to uh, welcome those who are listening on the East Coast. We are syndicated on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. And we have so many callers and texters from that East Coast as well, um, probably second only to our, our local listeners here in Colorado and Wyoming. Um, so we're so glad that you're with us, uh, you guys on Hope FM, and we love to hear from you. And we also are syndicated in tr- on Truth FM, which is in Tennessee and into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. And hey, we'd love to hear from you Truth FM listeners even more than we usually do. So give us a call if you're listening on Truth FM, or send us a text message to let us know you're here in the program. Just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast or in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay, which means you're hearing it one week after it airs. Um, but we would love for you to call in, and then you get the unique opportunity to um, tune in and hear yourself on the radio one week from now. So uh, those of you listening to Colorado, Wyoming, you're hearing it live. Those of you on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing it on a one-week delay. Um, I just got a message from the producer here. He's saying that we did get a phone call on ten, uh, from Tennessee on Friday. So, hey, Tennessee, you got to represent. We're, it's good to hear from you on Friday. We'd love to hear from you today as well. Uh, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Also, text us at 720-336-0897. Here at the beginning of the program is always one of the best times to call in. Uh, we have open lines right now, and it's usually... One of the times where these first couple minutes we're just waiting for calls to come in and and then we take them. So we also want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online, whether you listen on our mobile app or on the website. Uh, by the way, you know you can listen to this show live uh, via the mobile app or the website any any day of the week. So uh, that app you can just go onto your app store and you can type in Grace FM and it will come right up. So Grace FM and you'll be able to listen to Calvary Live and all the other programs on Grace FM. There through the app on your phone or your tablet. You can also just go to the website, so gracefm.com, and you can listen uh, there. You can click the button for Listen Now, and you can listen right there in your browser as well. So whatever is most convenient for you. Either way, however you've tuned in today, 
We are glad that you have. The number to call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That number again, 720-336-0897. So just a few words about myself. Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And I am your host here on Calvary Live every Monday. And uh, again, I saw the church I pastor is here in Longmont, Colorado, which is, uh, for those of you not in our local area, Longmont's 35 miles north of Denver. We're 10 miles north of Boulder. Uh, we're in Boulder County, and um, it's a great city. I've been enjoyed living here. I've been here for six years with my family. We moved here from Hungary, where we were missionaries before that for over 10 years. And I came here, and I became the senior pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which was a church that was already in existence when I moved here and I, I became the pastor. And um, it's been a great time, really seeing God do some wonderful things over the last year, seeing the church grow and people grow and people come to faith and people uh, just great seeing the work of God in people's lives as they're ministered to by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Just a really, uh, it's been a really blessed time. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. If you're in Longmont or in any of the surrounding towns, you know, the surrounding area, whether it's Lyons or North Boulder, whether it's Niwot, uh, Erie, Lafayette area, or if you're in, let's say, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, the Tri-Towns there, the Carbon Valley, we have a lot of people who drive in from there. Or uh, Mead and Berthoud, we would love to have you come and visit us and worship with us here at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. We meet in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is the St. Vrain Memorial Building. And we meet in there on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can get directions and you can listen to some of our past messages. We have a great message archive on our website. And that's all available at whitefieldschurch.com. So that's our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And so where we meet, we are just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman, right there in the St. Vrain Memorial Building at 700 Longs Peak Avenue. So we'd love to have you Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We're currently in a series where uh, for the season of Advent in the month of December, we're doing a series on joy called Joy to the World, in which we're looking at some of the things that the Bible says about the unique uh, biblical teaching on joy, the unique Christian teaching on joy. And... Um, Okay, a producer just asked me, how high is Long's Peak? So for those of you on the East Coast, that's not going to make any sense. So let me explain that. Longmont, uh, if you just think about it, it's two words. Longmont, it's named after the mountain. We're, we sit right underneath Long's Peak. We have this fabulous view of Long's Peak every day that we get to look at. And our, you know, the street that our church is on is on Long's Peak Avenue. And so Long's Peak, 14,280 feet. Now I see... My producer gave me a different number, but I, I know how big it is. I've climbed it twice, 14,280 feet. Uh, I felt every one of those feet. It was very, uh, not an easy climb. I've, I've climbed about 15, 16, 14ers now in Colorado out of the 53 to 55, depending on uh, which ones, you know, there there's a couple um, that are disputed 14ers, but uh, I've climbed all of them. I got to say Long's Peak is one of the harder ones I've climbed. So yeah, Long's Peak is 14,280 feet. Um, but yeah, we're right here in Longmont and we're on Longs Peak Avenue uh, downtown in our church and we'd love to have you. 10 a.m. Sunday mornings or you can also tune into our radio show 
Uh, our radio show is weekdays at 2.30 p.m. every weekday, Mountain Time, 2.30 p.m. on Grace FM. You can hear those are our teachings from church, cut for radio, and also Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. If you're not in church for some reason or if you're on the road, we'd love for you to tune in uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And here our radio program is called Life in the Field, which is an allusion to how we live our lives on God's mission field. So let's take our first caller, Lisa in Fort Collins. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the program. Hi, um, Pastor Katie. Thank you for having me, and God bless you. I love your ministry, and I listen daily um, from morning to night. Oh, that's awesome. So what's up? Well, um, I, I, my, it's kind of a prayer request and also a question. Um, I've been divorced from my husband for now two years. Um, he kind of went through a midlife crisis and left the marriage. It wasn't uh, for unfaithfulness on his part or my part. He just kind of couldn't handle some things and walked out, and um, it's been six years. But um, two years ago, he was diagnosed with oral filial cancer. Uh, he had a tumor at the base of his tongue. He is in remission. He went through radiation, and um, he uh, is better. But during the course of his treatment, he was over-radiated, and he now suffers from essential tremors. So it's almost like he has Parkinson's or multiple sclerosis. He's 62 years old. Um, he's, we're eight hours apart. He's still down in our hometown in Durango, and I now live in Fort Collins. I have a very good job here at Poudre Valley Hospital. Mm-hmm. And my question is, I know that the Scripture says that when a man divorces his wife, that the Lord doesn't want those those people to reconjoin as husband and wife, that that was sexual sin that he just despises or I'm not real familiar with the scripture. I can't quote it, but and it isn't even about consensual. It's just about me wanting to ask uh, for a request for provisions to be made that the Lord would help me to relocate him up here so that I can help take care of him. Because my fear is that you will end up in a nursing home. Yeah. Well, so I have several thoughts on what you said. Um, uh, first of all. Hey, I, I got to say, praise the Lord and kudos to you for caring for this man enough that despite the hurt that he's caused you, you care about him and you want to take care of him. So I think that's really honorable. I think that's, you know, fruit of the spirit in your life. And I just want to recognize that, first of all. So um, secondly, uh, now you mentioned something where you said that you believe that the scriptures say that if a man and a woman are divorced, that they should not get back together. Now, I actually don't think, number one, that that's what the scriptures, the scripture you're, I think you're referring to. I don't think that that's what it means. And number two, I actually think it honors the Lord when people who have been divorced uh, come back together again. And we had a couple in our church, they're still in our church. <clears throat> I see them every week. And uh, I had the pleasure of being at their remarriage ceremony. And um, I thought it was just so honoring to the Lord. So, I mean, I won't give you a lot of details, but they, they have two sons who are now adults. And um, the father left the family when the kids were younger. And he got he actually married someone else, you know, divorced his wife, married someone else. The wife, however, she just believed that God, Uh, wanted her to continue praying for her husband and to forgive him and to continue seeking reconciliation. So she never took off her wedding ring 
even though this man divorced her legally and married somebody else. And, you know, I don't think she was praying for that marriage to break up, but I think she just kind of said, okay, well, um, you know, I'm just going to be single unto the Lord, but I'm going to consider as if, you know, he might have left me, but I'm just going to be faithful to my vow, even if he's not faithful to his. And so what ended up happening is that man ended up getting divorced from his wife in another state. And then uh, this woman began actively praying that maybe, maybe uh, God would bring them back together. And then uh, he did in a really great way. And so uh, they reunited. It's been a blessing for them and their family. And this has been so much restoration. And I, I do believe that you know, that's one of the important works of God is restoring things to the way that they're meant to be and the way that they ought to be. And, you know, as we know, God doesn't uh, like divorce, but um, what a cool thing. And I, and I know this isn't, this isn't the only instance I've seen of this where people have gotten divorced for whatever reason and then actually come back together. So uh, that verse you're speaking of, I think it really, what it's referring to is it's saying that someone who is divorced and then remarries, that that in itself is a form of sin. Now, it's, it's certainly not a, uh, what would you call it, not an unforgivable sin. It is not a sin that leads to death, uh, as First John puts it. Now, now I'm not encouraging anybody to sin. I guess my point is only to say that, um, that I don't think that what that verse is speaking of is um, saying that a man and a woman who have been divorced should not uh, come back together and be married again. So there's that piece. Second piece, um, yes, I'd love to absolutely pray for him to be able to be relocated up to you. So, so let's do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Lisa and uh, we pray for her ex-husband. Lord, thank you for this. Um, Lord, I just see your grace in her life and in her attitude and, and her care and concern for her ex-husband. So Lord, I pray that uh, you would make it possible for him to be relocated up to Fort Collins in northern Colorado so that, um, so that he could receive treatment, so that she could help take care of him. And Lord, I pray that your will would be done for their future as well and, and for their uh, relationship with each other, whatever that relationship is, Lord, that you would be honored in it and that it would most glorify you. So I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless your ministry. Like I say, I listen to uh, on my phone device through iHeartRadio. I listen to my radio in my car. I listen to it at home. I've got my daughter listening to it. I tell everybody about Grace FM. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Lisa. God bless you. You're such a wonderful, wonderful ministry. God bless you, and thank you, and happy holidays, and Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. God bless you, Lisa. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Our producer here was asking me if I was referring to Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, uh, which says this, I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Uh, yep, that is the verse that I was referring to, Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. So again, back to the previous caller, I don't believe that what that's speaking of is saying that a man and a woman who have been divorced should not get back together. Um, now, here's another verse he mentioned, uh, Deuteronomy 24, verse 4, which says this, uh, Then her former husband who divorced her, so I guess that's 
presupposing that someone divorced his wife. Divorced her must not take her back to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is abomination before the Lord. You shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. Yeah, so I think you'd want to look into the context of that. You know, it's talking about someone who has uh, been defiled, someone who's been divorced for being defiled, then goes away. Um, but again, I, I do think that Mary, uh, people who have been uh, divorced and they've been separated for a reason, like she said in her case, it wasn't because of adultery or anything like that. Um, in other words, that's that's not one of the reasons why God gives for uh, legitimizing divorce. And I would say for those people that come back together is something that um, is a form of restoration and it's something that honors the Lord. So let's go to line two where we've got Renee in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the program. Hi, Renee. All right, we might have lost Renee, but it looks like Renee had a, uh, was asking for prayer for a situation with her family. It looks like some people in her family are homeless and they're in and out of hotels and needing money a lot. And uh, I'm guessing that Renee was asking to pray for wisdom. So let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Renee and the situation with her family, with uh, dealing with people who are struggling with homelessness and in and out of hotels and needing money all the time. Well, would you give her wisdom with how to know how to handle that, how to balance on the one hand radical compassion that you call us to, radical care for the poor and for the hurting, and also, Lord, understanding the point at which we are actually enabling someone to live a lifestyle which is hurting them. Lord, we need so much wisdom to navigate that because it's not a black and white thing. And so, Lord, I pray for Renee and I pray for any of our other listeners who are dealing with similar situations, maybe with a child or with a loved one or even with people in the community who they see and they want to help and make a difference, but they're struggling with knowing how to do so uh, in a way that doesn't enable but really helps. Lord, would you please give us wisdom? And we specifically ask for Renee. Lord, give her wisdom with how to help uh, in a way that truly makes a difference and relieves suffering and yet doesn't enable and cause more cycles and more more pain ultimately. So Lord, we pray for wisdom for her. Thank you for your promise, Lord, that if anyone lacks wisdom, they can come to you and you give freely to those who ask wisdom from you. We cling to that promise now and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, we have one open line. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Again, 720-336-0897 is the text line. Let's go to Bonnie in Baltimore, Colorado. Are you in Baltimore, Colorado, Bonnie? Baltimore, Maryland. There we go. I didn't think there was a Baltimore, Colorado. I'm glad to hear that I got that right. All right. So, Bonnie, what's up? Uh, yes, my, I have a question and a prayer request, but I'll start with the question. Um, when Jesus was on this earth, um, before he was born, how did, how, where did the people go that were sinners um, since before Jesus came? Were they just looking... To, um, I mean, they go, did they go to heaven or hell or before yeah, that's a, came? Uh, that's a great, no, that's a great that. question. I can help you with that one, Bonnie. So the place that I would have you look up, and I don't know if you're in a place to look it up right now or not, but just kind of maybe uh, make a note of it. 
I want you to read Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16, verses 9, or I'm sorry, verses 19 through 31. So Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. This is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And it gives us some insight. Here's what we know from the Old Testament. The Old Testament, in Jewish mentality, they talked about a place called Sheol. Maybe you've heard that name. Sheol. And Sheol was the dwelling place of the dead. And so the dwelling place of the dead. So it's kind of like, um, now that's that's not the same thing as to talk about heaven or hell, just to be clear. What, now we'll talk about what that means in just a second. But Sheol was the Jewish understanding of where all deceased people's souls went after their physical bodies died. Now, what we learn in Luke 16, and it gives us insight into, it makes the rest of the other things make sense that we read about Sheol in the Old Testament. What it shows us is that uh, two people died. One was someone who feared God and who trusted in God. The other one was someone who did not and lived their life apart from God. And um, the one man who trusted God, he went to Sheol, the dwelling place of the dead, but he went to a part of Sheol called Abraham's bosom. And Abraham's bosom was part of Sheol. The other guy died. He also went to Sheol, but he went into a part of Sheol called Hades. Okay, so um, so that's what we have, is that everybody dies, their soul lives on, and then um, those who died before Jesus died and rose again, they went to the part of Sheol called Abraham's bosom and it says that there was a great chasm that was fixed between the two and no one was able to pass from the one side to the other side and then um, so then we could put it this way that Abraham's bosom was a place of comfort as people awaited the salvation which God was going to work for their souls and in other words what we would call you know people are waiting for Jesus to come and die for their sins and rise again to make a way for us to have eternal life. Now, on the other side, you had you had Hades, which, like Abraham's bosom, was also a waiting room, so to say, for the ultimate um, fate of those people. And Hades uh, is a place of torment, uh, also there in Sheol. Now, what what we see in that place is that it says uh, it describes those two places. So you had Hades on the one hand and she and I'm sorry and Abraham's bosom on the other and these are both within the sphere of Sheol the dwelling place of the dead and what it seems is that uh, we know this from first Peter and from Ephesians chapter 4 that when Jesus died it says that he descended into Sheol and he carried uh, he carried those captives is what they're called in uh, first Peter he led captives in his train and he descended and he took these people up to be in the presence of these souls to be in the presence of God. And so if someone dies now, their soul goes to be in the presence of God and they await the, the final day, the judgment day. And afterwards, the new heavens and the new earth. And it's at that time that we will receive our heavenly bodies. Okay. And so then on the other hand, the people who die today apart from faith, they still go to Hades, which is that place of torment where they are awaiting the final day, the final judgment. And it says in Revelation that what will happen to Hades is that Hades will be entered or will be dumped into or emptied into the lake of fire. And so that will be the uh, ultimate end of that.
So does that that kind of make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'm glad I could help you with that, Bonnie. Yeah, check out Luke chapter 16. Uh, I wanted you. I have a prayer request, um, and then I'll get off the line. Sure. Um, I I just I just want to um pray for a job and uh, a new place to live. Um, Carroll Gardens is where we uh, applied at. I just want to be able to be approved. Uh, could you pray for that for me? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray for you, Bonnie. Heavenly Father, I pray for Bonnie and uh, just this desire to have a good place to live. And I pray for this place where she applied. Lord, I pray that uh, you would give her favor in the eyes of the people who make the decision. Lord, and that she would get a favorable decision, that she would have a good, safe place to live. So, Lord, we pray that you'd bless Bonnie, uh, help her get into this place. Uh, and, Lord, continue to give her um, understanding and a hunger for your word. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You're such a great show. I really listen to you every day. That's awesome, Bonnie. Thanks so much. Help spread the word. Tell other people about our program. It's a really good thing. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. The number to call, 303-690-3000. or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, 720-336-0897. Got a few more minutes to go until our break. Let's go to Jacob in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing today? Doing great. What's up? Good. Hey, so I just have a, a prayer request. I um, wanted to ask if you could pray for my friend Brandon. He's um, struggling really bad with being an alcoholic, and it's gotten very severe these past few weeks uh, to the point where he's had to leave his job, and he's looking mm. for a treatment center. And um, I myself have struggled with it, but by the grace of God, I've been sober from heroin now for three and a half years, and so I've been awesome. helping him as much as I can, yeah, and um, so it's just getting really bad, so I, I've been planting the seeds of Jesus into him as well, because I feel like God is kind of letting him fall um, flat on his face so he can pick him back up, because that's exactly what he did with me, so just wanted to see if you could pray for him to get better, but also pray that um, God will touch his heart and move him the way that he moved me as well. Yeah, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Brandon. I thank you that Brandon has Jacob in his life and that Jacob has this testimony of how you set him free from bondage to to heroin. And Lord, you you brought him to new life, Lord, and, and really not just in a spiritual way, but even in this tangible physical life as well. Lord, I pray that same thing for Brandon. Lord, I pray that you would set him free and that he would truly be free, that he would no longer be uh, a slave to alcohol, though that he would no longer be in bondage to this addiction. Lord, I know that you can set us free from these things. You can break these bondages that we're in. And I pray that you do that in Brandon's life. Lord, would you do something radical in his life, something that gets him to that point of, uh, of seeking you, uh, of desiring to walk with you, and desiring to do whatever it takes to put this alcohol and this addiction behind him. Lord, I pray uh, truly you would do an intervention that's beyond anything that we can do and that you would set him free. And Lord, I pray that he would get into, that he would get help that he needs. And Lord, that this would be the first step towards him uh, having just a full life and a full life with you. So Lord, I pray for Jacob. You'd give him so much wisdom with how to talk to his friend Brandon, with how to encourage him in a way that will work and that's effective. But 
Father, we also ask by your Holy Spirit that you would work in Brandon's life in the way that we're incapable of doing on a human level. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in, Jacob. God bless you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got about 40 seconds until our break, so I'm going to give you the numbers of call, and we'll have... We have two more callers on the line, and we've got one open line. So give us a call if you have a question or a, a Bible question or a prayer request. We'd love to talk to you, uh, answer those questions, and pray for your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. We are going to be back in two minutes' time. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady and we're, we're here with you today taking your calls and texts on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life or if you would have a prayer request and like uh, to have us pray for something, we'd love to pray with you along with all those listening right now who can just agree and pray together and say amen. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. We have full lines right now. And so uh going to have to wait till somebody drops off. But as soon as they do, give us a call. 303-690-3000. And uh, let's go to our next caller. Uh, let's go to Liz in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the program. Liz. I think we lost Liz. But uh, Liz, if you're there, um, feel free to jump on any time. I see your question, though, and I want to answer it because I've had a few text messages come in on the same topic, uh, people listening to the show. Now, we had a caller, our first caller of the day, talking about how she had been divorced from her husband, and we talked about the issue of reconciliation and getting back together and if it's okay to remarry somebody who you've been divorced from. So Liz has a uh, question here. Her question is a little different. It looks like her question is, does a person have to divorce someone if that person cheats on them? Right? So the Bible had said that, that um, it had said that um, the, the reason why Jesus said that, um, I'm trying to find the verse right now. It's in Matthew chapter five, kind of scrolling back through my notes. Uh, let's see where it is. Yeah, so Jesus had said that the only reason that he permitted um, divorce was for the per, for the reason of adultery. And yeah, here we go. Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason other than sexual immorality caused her to commit adultery. So, you know, the issue in those days was that um, the Jewish people had read the Old Testament and Moses had uh, given... Uh, what Jesus says is that he permission for adultery, meaning allowing, Moses allowed it. And Jesus says the only reason Moses allowed that was for the, um, because of the hardness of your hearts. He said, but it was not that way in the beginning. So this is interesting that Jesus is not advocating for divorce, even in the case of adultery. He's 
giving permission, but he's saying that, you know, this permission was given because of the hardness of your hearts. But he says that's not how it was in the beginning. In the beginning, the Bible makes it very clear in Genesis chapter 1 and again in Genesis chapter 2, God created them male and female in his own image. And he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and he will cleave to his wife. And that, that's the instruction we have about marriage there in the very first chapter of the Bible. And Jesus points back to that, the original intention, uh, as opposed to, you know, he says, you know, Moses made a uh, permission for you guys to divorce in the case of adultery. Now, the way that that had been phrased in the uh, Old Testament was in the case of uncleanness. And so at the time of Jesus, people had said, oh, well, you know, that word uncleanness, well, you know, that can, that's kind of open to interpretation, isn't it? And so they would interpret uncleanness to mean any sort of thing. I mean, to the point of saying, you know, that my wife uh, overspiced my food and that made me angry. And that, so in other words, she was responsible for making me angry because she did something I didn't like. And therefore, she is unclean because she caused me to sin. Of course, that's ridiculous and not uh, at all acceptable. And Jesus recognized that. And he said, let me make it very clear. The only reason uh, why he permits divorce is for immorality, meaning um, sexual immorality, meaning adultery. And so, um, so Liz's question here from Denver had been, uh, if you have to. So let's say your husband or your wife cheats on you. Do you have to get divorced? And of course, Liz, the answer is no. You don't have to get divorced. You have a choice to make. And um, and I'm certainly not going to tell you that you should be divorced. But I, I can also, I can sympathize with those people who have been cheated on and they feel that their relationship has been uh, just so damaged by it that they say, you know, I, I can't continue. My heart goes out to those people. But do you have to get divorced if someone cheats on you? No, you do not have to. Um, so that gets to some of our text messages that have come in on the same vein. Uh, one person writes, um, Pastor, the woman who called earlier about reconciliation, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, talks about how we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Yes, I absolutely agree. And it talks about that, how Jesus' ministry was to reconcile us to the Father, and we have been given Jesus' ministry. He said, just as the Father sent me, so I send you. And so we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That means helping to reconcile people to God, but also of reconciling people to each other. That is one of the the great things that we have the opportunity to do in God's name is help bring about that reconciliation. In the end, you know, as I said, the, the, the ultimate end of the gospel will be bringing together things the way that they were always meant to be, the way that they ought to be before sin came and caused destruction. And so we get to see glimpses of that. We get to see the fruit of that even here and now in our lives today. Now, of course, we live in this time when the kingdom has come in part but not in fullness. The kingdom meaning that place where Jesus reigns and things are the way that they were meant to be. And so we see that in part, but we don't see it yet in fullness until we will come into the fullness of his kingdom at his second coming. Um, so here's one of the verses this person mentioned was 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. And here's what that says. It says, To the married I give this charge, not I but the Lord, that the wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And the husband should not divorce his wife. So saying that a woman who's, uh, 
who's been separated from her husband. It's saying that ultimately seek reconciliation, and that's something that brings honor and glory to God. So uh, great points. And then we had one more text on this topic, and I want to get to that one. And it said this. Here we go. Um, this person said, how do you know if you should reconcile with someone? Is it are there times when it's okay not to reconcile with someone? Yeah, I do believe that there are times when it's okay not. I mean, well, let's put it this way. What are we talking about? Here? Are we talking about um, divorce, right? Are we saying that every person who's ever been divorced should get remarried to the person that they divorced? Well, in some cases, that would be inappropriate. Like, so for, let's say, for example, you were divorced and you married somebody else. Should you then divorce that person that you married the second marriage or the third marriage and then go divorce that person and then go remarry the first person? Well, no, that would cause even more sin, right? Right? It cause more problems and destruction and hurt and pain because you're causing, you know, more divorce, more problems. So, no, you shouldn't do that. Uh, now, if your question, though, is, are there times when you shouldn't reconcile with someone um, and you're not talking about, um, let's say, a broken marriage and then reconciling a broken marriage, uh, yeah, I actually do believe that um, you should always seek reconciliation with people. I think that's one of the very clear commandments in the Bible. But we do need to define that term, don't we? Like, we need to define what exactly we mean by reconciliation. Now, if here's what I mean by it when I say that we should always seek reconciliation. We should seek, um, to we should forgive each other. We should forgive those who sin against us, just as our Heavenly Father has forgiven us who have sinned against Him. Now, that's very clear. In fact, Jesus goes so far as to say, if you do not forgive those who sin against you, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. Now, that's a heavy, heavy statement that should really get our attention. And he's saying that God will actually withhold forgiveness from us if we withhold forgiveness from others. That is not something that we should take lightly at all. Now, if that's what we mean by reconcile, then everybody should seek reconciliation. If you're a Christian, you should be seeking reconciliation. If you have a broken relationship, I do believe you should be seeking reconciliation. You should be seeking to live at peace with all people, as Romans chapter 12 says. Uh, forgiving those who have hurt you and seeking forgiveness from those whom you have hurt. Now, on the other hand, I, I do want to just make a clear differentiation. That there's a difference between reconciliation and trust. Okay, and there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. So it's one thing to forgive somebody. Forgiveness and reconciliation doesn't necessarily mean that you automatically trust that person in the same way that you did before the offense took place. I think that would just be unwise in many cases. Like, um, I'll give you a quick story without too many details. But there's somebody I knew in the past who had um, who had committed, you know, significant. Uh, sexual crimes against minors. I guess this would be molestation. And this person served some time and the people whom he offended against, they forgave him. And yet they, they refused, you know, he, they, they put up boundaries. They said, well, you know, because of your past, you can't uh, serve in these ministries because they're with minors and children. You can't do these things. You can't go to these places and no, we really don't want you around these uh, kids. And he felt that that was totally unfair because reconciliation should mean trust. And I had to tell this man, no, reconciliation in that case 
doesn't trust is not something you can expect um, as a given. Uh, when it's been lost, it's something that has to be earned, and that's not uh, unforgiveness, and that's not a lack of reconciliation. That is wisdom, and it's love for the potential victims, and it, ultimately it's love for the person who has offended in the past, because it's love saying, hey, I don't want you to be put in a situation where you can be questioned, or wh whether uh, people will be suspicious of you. So I, I hope that makes uh, sense. I hope that answers your question there on reconciliation. Thanks so much for the text. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to Wani in Byers, Colorado. Hi, Hi Um This may sound odd. Um, I've been married um, for 40 years, and when we married, you know, we were followers of Christ. Um, okay. Several years ago, we lost a young grandchild, and my husband stopped going to church. Um, and then he started going to church again. But lately, um, he has withdrawn from me emotionally and spiritually. He has broken covenant with me twice about not drinking because he was an alcoholic before we married. And he now is drinking periodically. And he says he has freedom in Christ to that. Um, but I know what the Word says about respecting him, and I try to do that. I just I want to be obedient, but really he sees me as his maid. Um, I'm sorry that you feel that way, yeah. He's about 11 years older than I, and I work outside the home. He doesn't um, because he's almost 80, um, but he is from a background of very um, Dutch reform in South Africa and then Church of Christ. So he's very, very legalistic. And um, we, I left the church I was attending because he said if I went to a smaller church, he would go with me. So I'm now attending Calvinet, and lately he has just... I get up on Sunday morning and he'll say, no, I'm not going to go with you. And honestly, I said, but you promised. You're lying to me. So how do I keep respecting him and showing love to him when daily he wounds my heart? Mm. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that, Wani. Um, there are a few thoughts that come to mind. One is this, that I think that, you know, just as the we have this command to, like, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. One of the things that we always tell uh, people on that level is that Christ's command to love means that love is something that we can do. In other words, it's not a feeling that we are trying to stir up in ourselves so much as it is a command to action which we can respond to. And so I believe the same is applicable to respect. That when it's telling you to uh, honor your husband and respect your husband, that that is an action that you can do, not necessarily referring to the feeling of respect in the sense of that you feel, you know, some uh, you look up to him, so to say. And so I think that you can respect your husband in action, even if you don't feel feelings of respect for him. And that would be my uh, my my big. Um, kind of encouragement for you in that sense honor him with your words 
honor him with your actions. Uh, I think there is a way in which you can communicate with him and you can tell him the way that you feel in a way that still does that. And that would be that would be my um, my main thing that I'd want to tell you. I would encourage you to ask your husband and really push him towards some sort of mediated uh, discussion. You know, uh, so as a pastor here in Longmont, I do a lot of this with people. We'll do these mediated discussions, which uh, kind of counseling in which, um, you know, you bring basically in your case, you and your husband would bring a third person usually a pastor or a counselor, into the situation. And uh, that person would almost play referee, but also kind of keep you both accountable. And, um, and you know, I, I think that when somebody else is in the room, I think that can really help us uh, as far as accountability goes, as far as respecting each other in, the, in our communication goes. And, you know, and accountability for, hey, you know, you said this, and this person was witness to it. And this person is there to help you um, be accountable. So, so those would be those would be my uh, two things that respect in in the way that's talking about here is referring to actions, not feelings. And secondly, I would encourage you to try and bring somebody else into the situation if he's willing to do some kind of counseling or even just you know talking with the pastor and uh, our producer here is telling me that that Calvary Bennett there, they have a great pastor. Uh, Kevin, our producer, knows him and uh, just said, hey, he really recommends him as a great pastor and somebody who could really help you. So uh, that's great. And I also I also want to pray for you. But Wani, I, I will say one last thing, and that's this, that uh, Paul talks about sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. And I never forget about that. He calls it the fellowship of suffering. What that means is that there is a relationship, there's a fellowship with God that you can only experience through going through things that you would rather not go through. Okay. And Paul the Apostle talks about that, that, you know, I'm in jail, but I am experiencing the fellowship, the closeness with God that comes as a result of suffering. And I would just remind you, Wani, that, uh, you know, Talk about, you know, when you deal with rejection, when you deal with people not keeping their promises, when you deal with uh, people not loving you in return, treating you as if you are a, a, a maid, um, I want you to understand that there is a way in which you are getting to experience the heart of God in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. Because I'll tell you what, all of those same things are true of God, aren't they? Yeah. Aren't, aren't there so many people who come to God and they just treat him as if he's some kind of, like their their servant? Like they're yeah. genie in a bottle. Give me what I want and I'll come back when I want some more. Yeah. And that's the only time they ever turn to him. Or, or isn't it true that um, they make promises and don't keep them to God like all the time? Yeah. And isn't it true that uh, that they, you know, after all he's done for them, they don't appreciate it? And there's a sense in which as you experience those things, if you will turn to the Lord in those things, you are going to experience the fellowship of um the fellowship of suffering. And that can actually be a very, very rich and powerful thing in your relationship with God. It can be something which actually gives you strength. Okay. Yeah, so let me pray you for you, so and then I'll let okay. you go. Heavenly Father, I pray for Wani, and I know that she's just struggling so much right now, Lord. I pray that you would comfort her heart, and Lord, that she would experience that fellowship of suffering with you, because, that, Lord, I know that you experience many of those same things that she's talking about. Lord, I pray that she would be able to have... Um, that her husband would be willing to enter into some kind of mediated discussion with a pastor or a counselor and that they would get help and 
make some headway. Lord, I pray that you give Wani perseverance in faith and, and give her even joy, the joy that comes from having hope, even in the midst of this situation. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Very dear one. Thank you. Yes. God bless you, Wani. Thanks for Bye. calling in. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to Chastity in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Chastity. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good. Thanks for holding. Sure, definitely. Um, so I've been having some discussions with um, some people at work, and, you know, we're talking about Christmas time and, you know, all the the events that, you know, that lead up to the birth of Christ. Um, my question is, is with Mary, did she wish for or pray for a child, or did the, did God just come to her and bless her with a with a, with Jesus? Yeah, so we don't have any indication that Mary asked for a child. In fact, um, I would say that we know enough to say that when she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't exactly excited. And the reason is this, because Mary was, was betrothed to David, which is somewhere between kind of engagement and marriage. So it's a little bit more than um, how we think about engagement. Like for them, <laughs> en engagement would be like a legal status, you know, but not marriage. And so, you know, they would still be um, chased during this time, meaning they wouldn't be sleeping together. And so for her to get pregnant during this time before they were married was a huge amount of shame. In fact, if you look in John's gospel, there's a place where it mentions people talking about Jesus um, and, and kind of referring to the fact that his mother had had him out of wedlock or had gotten pregnant out of wedlock. And so mm -hmm. when Mary found out that she was pregnant, uh, maybe, you know, maybe Mary had wished to be pregnant, but she certainly did not wish to be pregnant then. And you almost wonder, like, couldn't God have just waited until she was married? And then, you know, that way it wouldn't bring so much shame upon her. But it was really important that actually she get married before she was married. I'm sorry, that she get uh, pregnant before she was married. Because, you know, if she got pregnant after she was married. We'd all just say, well, you know, we know how babies are born. And clearly that's what happened because she just got married. So, um you know, for Mary, I, I think, so to answer your question, I do not believe that Mary uh, wished for or asked for the baby, and that's why she got him. I, I believe that when it came, I think Mary was kind of wondering in her heart, okay, this is a blessing, but it almost feels like a curse. Like, why did it have to happen now? And so, um, you know, you even see that in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter one, it says that when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, he planned to divorce her quietly and put her away. You know, he wanted to be honorable to her, but he was also like, hey, this woman uh, cheated on me is really what he felt like because, you know, he knew that they hadn't been together intimately. And so, um, you know, there's only one other way that people get pregnant as far as he knew. And he was like, she cheated on me. And so I'm going to divorce her. But he still wanted to honor her in the process. And that's when the angel came to him and said, hey, no, she didn't cheat on you. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. This is going to be the Messiah, and you're going to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So, does that kind of clear clear up that question for you? Yep, it sure does. Thank you so much. Cool. You bet. God bless you, Chastity. Bye-bye. 
You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got six minutes left. Let's go to Selena in Colorado. Hi, Selena. Welcome to the program. Hi. I'm so glad I got you. <laughs> awesome. What's up? Um, so my grandma Mary may not be listening right now. She's actually with my cousin at the moment. Um, we just have something really difficult going on in our family, and it's just we, we need prayer, some strong prayer, and um, discernment for the believers and the family on what to do in this situation. Mm. Um, my 11-year-old cousin has been in and out of, uh, like, institutions, I guess you would call them, uh, mm. for suicidal uh, attempts and tendencies, and she's just so young, and she just has so many people in her life telling her, what she needs to do and what needs to happen. And I'm here trying to explain because I also struggled with uh, suicide and depression and everything that, you know, God's the only one. But when she has both parents and her sister as non-believers, and then she has all these therapists and this medication, I just, it's it's so hard. Mm. No, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, man, I, I think about 11 years old. That is too young. Um Man, I'm so sorry, Selena, and I think it's so awesome that you are here to stand in the gap for your cousin. I just got to tell you that. So keep doing it. Keep advocating for her, and yes, let's pray. And I, I, I just like everybody who's listening, join me in prayer on this one. Uh, Heavenly Father, we pray for Selena and her cousin. Lord, it just breaks our heart. This is somebody you knit together in her mother's womb. This is somebody you cared for and brought into this world with loving care and you have cared for her for these past 11 years. You know her uh, thoughts. You know her heart, Lord. You know her talents, the things that make her special. The, 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 and we know, Lord, that you love her very much. And we know that, Lord, just as this breaks our heart to hear this, uh, Lord, it breaks your heart even more that this girl would want to end her life. And, um, Lord, we can't help but just identify this as evil, and and so, Lord, we think about what your word says. I think about one place, Lord, where you said, if you want to take what a strong man has, you have to bind the strong man, and then you can take what he has. And we, we think about that in terms of, Lord, that um, Satan has this young girl in his clutches, so to say, in, his, in these chains, and uh, with these thoughts that are in her mind, and with with uh, these desires to commit suicide, Lord. So we just ask that you would bind Satan in the way that he is uh, twisting this girl's life, Lord, and that you would take him out of, or take her out of his clutches and you would set her free, Lord, in every way, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Lord, would you bring light into the darkness in the dark places of her mind and her heart? Um, and Lord, we pray that you would bring in a light that drives out the darkness, bring in a light that brings joy, Lord, that brings clarity. Lord, we pray that she would truly be able to see how many people love her and care about her and, and want her. And Lord, we pray that she would understand that she is known by you and loved by you. And Lord, we also pray for whatever hurt or damage might uh, exist in her life and her heart. Lord, would you heal it, we ask in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask for wisdom for all those involved. Lord, we ask that you would give wisdom to Selena and give her perseverance in prayer. And so Lord, we just ask truly uh, that you would rescue this girl, uh, not only her soul, first of all her soul, but, but not only her soul, also her life. We pray that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And thank you. Absolutely, Selena. I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. I'm going to continue praying for your cousin. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. We have two minutes left in the show. Let's go to our text messages. we got a few that I wanted to answer uh, before that. So let's go to this one. Uh, someone asks, what are your thoughts on the coexist stickers? Uh, yeah, so I'm sure everyone uh, in this area, especially, I'm here in Boulder County where uh, everybody has a coexist sticker on their Prius or their Subaru. And uh, yeah, so coexist, you know, and they use these religious symbols and they kind of put them together. It says coexist. And now here are a few thoughts. Um, then there's another one that's really similar that says um, tolerate. And it uses, again, religious symbols to create the word. Here, Here's my first thought. Number one, uh, yes, absolutely Christians do tolerate. That's how it works. We, we do tolerate people who have beliefs other than our own. Uh, now, there have been times in history where that hasn't been the case, like where people have who have been not tolerated uh, politically or um, socially for having certain or certain, you know, non-conforming religious beliefs. Um, and and guess what? That is exactly what we do. We do tolerate and uh, we are commanded as Christians to love and to coexist with people who do not uh, share our beliefs. But I can't help but think that the purpose of that sticker is really to um, not say that we should really coexist or tolerate. I think it's actually saying something very different, which is that we are to um, see all of these religions as being the same and basically just being different forms or different cultural forms of really the same teachings, which I believe is not at all true. There's one thing I've always said on this show, the one thing that sets Christianity apart from everything else, and that is two things. Who is our Savior and how are we saved? That sets Christianity apart from every other belief system in the world. We've reached the end of our show. I'd love to talk about that with you more, but uh, tune in every weekday for Calvary Live, 4 to 5 p.m. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. God bless you. I'll be with you next week. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.